Welcome to Like Mother, Like Murder. I am Rachel. And I'm Heather. We bring you the good, the badass, and the crime. This is Like Like Mother, Mother, Like Like Murder. Murder. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Like Mother, Like Murder for a quick update on a case we covered that has some big things happening right now. We covered the Dan Markell murder earlier this year, and Heather is here to share yet another update with you all on more arrests and charges that have happened. I will leave the details to her. I just wanted to let you all know that we are in busy holiday season now, and on top of the busyness, Heather is also traveling for work, so we didn't get to record this update together, but it needed to come out right now, and we cannot wait a day longer. So here she is. Okay, so first things first, a very quick sorry because I know it took me a few days to get this update out. I know this is big news, but I have literally been traveling and I am at the airport right now. So I'm sorry if there's a little bit of background noise, but I just could not wait any longer to get out these updates. So this is an update on the Dan Markell case and the trial of Charlie Adelson. If you have not already, go back, listen to our episode on Dan Markell and Wendy Adelson. Go back and listen to the first update that we put out on this case, and then you will be all caught up and ready to hear what I have to tell you. So Charlie Adelson took the stand last week, and he continued this defense theory that Luis Rivera and Sigfredo Garcia pretty much had taken matters into their own hands after Catherine Magbanawa had told the two of them, that the Adelsons were having all these issues with Dan Markell over the custody of Dan and Wendy's kids, and they basically, like, decided to kill him on their own and then go back and extort money from Charlie Adelson, basically saying, like, pay up or what happened to Dan is going to happen to you. And he goes back and forth. He says he thought at first that Katie Magbanawa, who was his girlfriend at this time, was, you know, in a similar situation that, you know, they, they did this kind of without her knowing. But then later he, he kind of goes and says, oh, maybe she was the mastermind behind all of this. Anyway, Adelson actually took the stand, which, um, if you follow true crime, you know that a lot of times they do not let the defense, um, take their take the stand for for their own trial but Adelson obviously was cross-examined and the prosecutor brought it she was amazing you can watch the trial on court tv um and she brings up the text between Charlie and Catherine Man Banawa which are like I said before, super lovey-dovey. And this is interesting considering he's supposed to be being blackmailed by her. Um, and on top of this, like he's offering to pay for trips for her. He's offering to also pay um, for trips for her family, including her baby daddy, who is one of the hitmen. Um, 
And so he, you know, which doesn't make any sense, especially considering he says that that guy hates him because, you know, he's with his baby mama and everything like that. But it doesn't make any sense. And then there's also a text they bring up from Katie um, to Charlie where she's referring to how Charlie has been treating Sigfredo. And she basically says in the text, don't be such a dick to someone who has done something for you. So, again, like... This doesn't make any sense that he didn't know that this was going to happen. So anyway, um, after closing arguments happened just this past Monday, it does not take long at all within the same day for the jury to come back and convict Charlie Adelson on all counts, conspiracy to commit murder, solicitation of murder, and murder. And the prosecution, um, they... You know, they, they brought up a really good point, too, is that they were saying, like, you know, this extortion makes no sense. And luckily, the jury also agreed with that because, you know, the, the whole truth of the matter is, like, they didn't need to kill Dan Markell to extort money from Charlie Adelson. They could have just said, pay us or we're going to kill you. Like, they didn't need to, to kill Dan Markell to make that happen. Um, and they also um, point out, you know, the prosecution pointed out that, during all three trials of Luis Rivera, um, Sigfredo Garcia, and of Magbanawal, that Charlie Adelson never came out to say that, you know, this wasn't just murder. This was, like, extortion. And he, he never comes out to say, um, oh, you know, Katie, even, even when she had her mistrial, he didn't come out to say, like, Katie was a mastermind behind the whole thing and she's also extorting me or he didn't come out to say like hey she's a victim too they did this without her knowing as well you know he never comes out to say any of that stuff so just again he's super guilty jury believes so too he was found guilty on monday and remember you guys that dan markel was actually murdered in july of 2014 so this is nine years later that he is finally um convicted and um, but we know that's not always the end. So there are some things to look forward to in this case, you guys. He's a rich white guy. So, you know, his defense team has already filed a, a motion. And basically, they caught wind that the jurors um, allegedly started a group chat which um, is a big no-no. You're not supposed to kind of fraternize with your other jurors. And so basically they'll look into um, what this, this accusation that the jurors had started a group chat. And if it's like something small, like, hey, let's all start a book club or <laughs> something like that, then probably nothing will happen. But if they talked anything about the case... Um, in that group chat, that's definitely grounds for some kind of appeal. So we will have to see what happens. And uh, there's a, still a few other things we're waiting on in this case. Um, the sentencing of Charlie Adelson, right? All of the others um, were sentenced. Um, I, I, well, I think Catherine Magbanoa and uh, Sigfredo Garcia got live. Luis Rivera, because he was the first one to turn, I believe he, he only got um, a couple of years, um, well, a couple decades. <laughs> and then um, we've talked about this before, too, but what is going to happen to the rest of the Adelson family, especially the parents, um, 
of uh, Charlie and Wendy, who they've already said, if you put us on the stand against our son, we're pleading the fifth. So I'd be really interested to see what they are going to do um, when they get put on their own uh, trial, because I, I really think it's going to happen. Um, but that's all I have for you guys. Again, sorry it took me a little bit, and sorry if you can hear the airport in the background, but I just didn't want to wait any longer to get this out. And uh, go back and listen to Dan Markell and Wendy Adelson if you haven't already. Okay, love you. Bye. All right, you guys, there you have it. I have some theories brewing myself. Honestly, my prediction as of right now on this recording is that Wendy is next with Donna and Harvey Adelson following right behind her. I truly wish that that was not the case and that things like this did not happen, but here we are. I just want to take a second to say that we at Like Mother Like Murder hope that Dan Markell's children are living a life that is full of love and support from those that are there for them. They have been through so much in my heart. I just, I feel for them. They're in my thoughts when it comes to all of this, as well as Dan's family and friends. That is all for now. Catch us on Tuesday with our regularly scheduled episode. Talk to you then. Okay, love you. Bye. It is solvable. It was solvable two weeks after it happened. March 25th, 2004, Cross Plains, Tennessee. Their last day? Question mark. Jennifer, just 21, stands in the kitchen of her boyfriend Joey Benton's family home, where she and her two-year-old daughter, Adriana Wicks, have been living. She has the only phone in the home in her hand and is on a call with her father. Jennifer expresses how the night before, she and her boyfriend's parents, Joe and Cindy Benton, had been involved in a very heated argument. In fact, it was so heated that Jennifer was still rattled from the night before. She moves the receiver down to talk to a muffled female voice coming from behind her. She then says goodbye to her father and hangs up the phone. And what happens next? Well, that's what we're here to find out, isn't it? Jennifer and Adriana Wicks have not been seen or heard from since March 25, 2004. I am a true crime investigative podcaster living in the same town where the Wicks girls went missing. Hi, I'm Jules, and I've teamed up with Jennifer's sister, Casey Robinson, to ask some big questions from our little hush town that we've been too afraid to ask each other over the last 20 years. Where are Jennifer and Adriana Wicks? Small towns talk and... Guess what? We're listening. Missing in Hushtown is coming 2024, wherever you get your podcasts. The entire first season will drop in August. We'll see you then.